0: from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church.
1: So I just want you this morning to open your spirit as you, as we just consider the persons of these characters of Caleb and Othniel, and the journey of passing the baton. So This is the message of passing the baton. There comes a time when another generation emerges and the old generation must pass the baton. There comes a time for people to become fathers and it is so broken for fathers to be fighting with their children. There comes a time when it's important for some people to become mothers and it's so unnecessary for mothers to be fighting motherhood with their child. There comes a time when the baton needs to be passed, and the best organizations, the best people, the best ministries, the best families are the ones that know how to pass the baton. Let's go to this scripture. Joshua chapter 14 verse 12. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there. Now the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. This was Caleb speaking to Joshua and speaking to speak into the family of Israel, crying out and saying, give me this mountain. My strength is still young as I was 40 years ago when I brought the report. So between the report of Caleb and the time when he was asking for this mountain was how many years? 40 years. So... Caleb was still ready at 80 to possess the mountain. Let's back up a little bit to Joshua. Joshua led the Jews to success at the battle of Jericho. And with many battles, Joshua and the Jews invaded Canaan, pushed out the Hivites, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites. Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. 31 kings and six nations were demolished by Joshua while he was alive. Joshua lived up to 110 years old. Before he died, Joshua made, gathered the whole of Israel and made a holy pact at Shechem and said to them, God will be your God. But when Joshua died, he never left a successor. So it was only a matter of time. There was still so much land to be conquered when Joshua died. So it was only a matter of time for the children of Israel to just mix with the multitude. And as they mixed with the multitude, they imbibed their cultures they embraced their beliefs and they became paganistic all of a sudden. The man of God upon whom the promise rested to divide the land for the children of Israel in the end was not able to complete his assignment because success without a successor is failure. So let's go back to Caleb. What is the meaning of the name Caleb? Caleb is a Hebrew name that means faithful, wholehearted, bold, or brave. It also means devotion to God. The the name is derived from two Hebrew words, kal and lev. When put together, it means wholehearted. Caleb was a man who had total resonance. He was a man who was complete and wholehearted. He didn't do things half and half. Caleb was amazing in the pursuit. He was the finisher kind of guy. He was that kind of guy when you say to him, can you handle this? And he says, yes, he will finish it. And that was his name. And that's how he lived. Amen. Then who is Othniel? Othniel ben Kenaz. Othniel son of Kenaz was the first judge in Israel. And what's the meaning of his name? God's strength. God's lion. Originating from Hebrew. The boys, the is a boy name meaning God's lion. You know, like Othniel became the lion of God. Like if God needs someone to roar, if God needs someone to take the ground, his name is Othniel. So I guess these good names to name your sons, right? Some of you were just planning to give birth now. <laughs> good names to name your son. Caleb, Othniel. These are not very popular names. Maybe Caleb more popular, but Othniel, great name. God's lion. There is a certain militancy that it takes to accomplish the assignment of God. There's a certain doggedness that it takes to build who we're supposed to be in God. Christianity is not for the faint-hearted many times. Anybody can cheat, anybody can sleep around, anybody can can steal money, right? (laughs) But think, how, how long does it take to stand and keep your integrity? How difficult is it for you to be a man of honor? How powerful is it for you to be a man who everyone can count on? How difficult is it for you to be someone who people can rely on? But everyone can fall. Like this week, only one man disrupted a whole Ibom airplane flight. One man. You're like, it took 10 people to literally carry the guy out of the plane. It takes very little to destroy, but to organize the flight, how far? You need hundreds of people running around. You need control tower. You need people. You need pilots. You need training to make one thing work. It takes, to destroy is easy. Anyone can just destroy. How many people did it take to bring down the Twin Towers? you understand? Just maybe four people all together with the right equipment. But how how many people did it take to build it? So honestly it takes something for you to build what God wants you to build. Many times we're in the floweriness of Christianity and when they always embrace of fancy spiritual experience but we don't believe in the daily. We don't believe in the daily building blocks of God. We don't live in the incremental value of God adding something to your life every day. We don't live in the urgency of the fact that every moment you step into the house of God, God is about to add something to you so that you can become built up, so the compounding of God's grace in your life can lead you to become someone solid in character, built up to be all that God wants you to be. But really, indeed, what we rejoice in is flowery spiritual experiences and, and flighty momentary experiences but we don't realize that what God really wants to do is to build brick upon brick, character upon character, structure upon structure, that the man of God will be strong, relentless, untiring, (laughs) indefatigable, (laughs) unconquerable, indestructible. Why? Because you were well built by the grace and the glory of God. Amen. amen. Say amen. amen. I wanted us to study this scripture, but it's going to take us so long, so I'm not going to go into this scripture. I'm just going to try and tell you each of the stories. But if you take a snapshot of this, you can go home and do the study. Okay, so in Joshua chapter 14, we re- that's the scripture we read about Caleb, now come in and taking Hebron. He took the city of Hebron and he said, give me this mountain. And he stepped up and began to fight to take over Hebron. And he took over Hebron and the whole area of Hebron belonged, belonged to him. And then we read in Judges chapter 3. Okay, maybe we have to read just Judges 3. Let's read this. Judges 3. Verse seven to eleven. Can somebody help us read that? Judges three. You have to turn your Bible. We're not. We're not, We're not bringing it on the screen. Uh-huh. Has anyone found it? Can we get a mic? Uh, Pastor Pastor ID has found it. Judges 3.
0: The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot about the Lord their God and they served the images of Baal and the Asherah poles. Then the Lord burned with anger against Israel and he turned them over to King Cushan.
1: Cushan, Risha time.
0: Risha time. Yeah. Of (laughs) <laughs> and the Israelites served Cushan rishathaim for eight years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord raised up a rescuer to save them. His name was Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Kenaz. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he became Israel's judge. He went to war against King Cushan Rishatim of Aram, and the Lord gave Othniel victory over him. So there was peace in the land for 40 years. Then Othniel, son of Kenaz, died.
1: Othniel became, it just fell on him. He had a lion heart. He wasn't planning to be a deliverer. He was just a busy guy living his life. And then all of a sudden, the children of Israel had wandered away from God. Everything had fallen apart. Joshua had died. The people of God were now living like the pagans because they were mixing with them. So in the end what happened was that Othniel rises up and fought cushan time. Can you pronounce that word? Yeah, you have to pronounce Bible words. Some of you are, are, are so sad. I don't know why. Please rejoice in the Lord this morning. <laughs> Say, Cushion Risha, Risha Time. And Oatneil goes to fight Cushion Risha Time and broke the back of that king and brought peace to the land. How many years? 40 years he bought the land 40 years God's lion bought the land 40 years when we read further we begin to see all the land that Joshua had not yet taken So these two scriptures will show you so many lands that they had not taken and the compromise level. How the children of Israel just went and settled with so many of those tribes. They just accepted them. They just went to the Canaanites and lived with them and intermarried them and then just stayed there. But I want to read one more. Judges chapter 1 verse 12 to 15. Who can find it? Judges 1, 12 to 15. That's. Yeah, somebody's, can we get a mic? Someone's found it at the back. Judges 1, 12 to 15. Then Shilev said, mm.
2: Whoever attacks, Kirjat Sefer and takes it yes. to him. Pronounce that word again. Kirjat. Kirjat
1: Sefer. Can we pronounce that? Kirjat Sefer. These are the unreadable parts of the Bible. The places where you don't go and read. Kirjat what? Sefer. Sefer. Yes. Whoever can a- attack Attacks Kirjat Sefer, sefer yes. and
2: takes it. Take to it. him I will give my daughter Aksa as wife.
1: I will give my daughter Aksa as wife.
2: And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So he gave him his daughter Aksa as wife. Now it happened when she came to him then that she urged him to ask her father for a field. And she dismounted from her donkey and Caleb said to her, what do you wish? So she said to him, give me a blessing since you have given me land in the south. Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Now the children of Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up from the city of Palms with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which lies in the south, near Arad. And they went and dwelt among the people. And Judah went
1: with his brother Simeon, and they attacked have, the have you, have you not passed verse 15? We say we're going to stop at verse fifteen. Are you are you trying to reach the end? Fifteen. No, sorry. (laughs) And Caleb gave her the upper spring. (laughs) That's the last. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. I love love it. (laughs) So, Caleb has. Uh, brother called who? Kenaz, his junior brother. And his junior brother's son is actually Othniel. So Caleb is actually Othniel's uncle. And Aksa, who he married, is his cousin. I didn't even realize that. I was just thinking about it like, these people actually married quite close back in those days. I can just fancy one of my cousins and decide that uh, this cousin is too far. She's not going, she's not leaving the family. Keep it within, within. But in this particular case, Caleb has said, even in old age, Caleb was fighting with everything he had. He was fighting with his children to establish them into the future generation that whoever his daughter will marry will be that kind of person who can fight. He was looking for someone who can establish legacy. He wasn't just releasing his daughter to just anyone. He was releasing his daughter to a man with a fighting spirit, a man who can preserve the realm, a man who can protect what they have worked together to build, the land which they have acquired as their inheritance, someone who is able to extend the territories that God had given to them. Now, this actually is a lesson for us when we're looking for marriage partners as well, that the person you're supposed to look for should be someone who is able to take territories. So write it down. I will marry the person who can take territories. I didn't, I didn't hear you scream loud amen Say so I will marry someone who has the capacity to take territories don't just marry anyone for any reason marry people who can take territory who can stand and say no this land is going to be ours this, this place that the Lord has given to us We're going to protect it. We're going to hold it back. Hallelujah. So many lessons in Othniel and Caleb. Now, one of the things the old generation is always looking for, the older people, if you talk about our fathers, our mothers, one of the things they always look for is someone recognizing their effort. They worked so hard. They gave birth to us. They paid school fees. They want you to just agree that they added something to your life. Many times we don't want to agree because we're young and our blood is hot. They want us also to renew their life and extend their lives. They want us to be with them, you know. And then sometimes they are trying to stop us from making the mistakes that they made. So sometimes they don't even discuss. They want to make a law and stop you from going the place they have gone before. And you're like, dude, like, you, you didn't do right. So what, what, what's right do you have to, to tell me what to do? You didn't do right in this area. Many of us see the mistakes of our parents and the old people and because of that we blacklist them. Jacob Said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days and the years of my life. They have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their pilgrimage. Old age has that sense of regret where older people are always trying to do in the young what they couldn't do in their time. And that's what we must always remember when we deal with the old. So why are we here? What are we on earth to do? What are we alive to accomplish? What is the agenda that we're here to build? What is the most important thing that we're supposed to live for? And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about this and I had to come up with this template of the the areas where we have to pay attention to. Number one, our number one assignment why we're saved is to save when you are saved you are saved to save the lost the bible says the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost we're here for global revival we're here to get the nations crying out to god so salvation of souls the first thing we're here for i want you to say i am here to save souls souls. say it again i am here to save souls I'm here to turn the wicked world back to God. And number two thing, we're here to replenish the earth replenish means to make the dry earth to come back alive you know sometimes we don't realize that the earth itself is suffering but from Romans chapter 8 we see that even creation is groaning waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God it means that the earth is not living its best life right now nature itself is rumbling nature itself is crying out the earth itself is moving on its tectonic plates in discomfort because the children of God are yet to come back into their place. Our job is to bring back what Adam lost in the garden. The ability to command the earth. The ability to restore creation. The ability to make the animals walk in order. The ability of Noah to gather all the animals and arrange them by their species in tools into the ark. The authority to command creation was supposed to be something we're supposed to get. After we give our lives to Christ and after we turn souls to God, there's another realm, there's another place which is the power to make creation move. Nature itself will begin to respond to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We're here to heal the broken and the lost. We're here for healing. We're here for the miraculous. We're here for righteousness and the effect of our walk will be restoration and God will raise himself a house of prayer everywhere we are and the sound of worship will never cease from our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to declare it. I'm a man of healing. I'm a man of the miraculous. I'm a daughter of righteousness. I bring restoration wherever I come. My family is the house of prayer. There is the sound of worship wherever I go. Here is my manifesto. Every time I live life, I live life to bring prayer. Yes, my house shall be a house of prayer. Yes, my family shall have the sound of worship. Yes, there will be the sound of restoration all around my borders in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why we're here and finally we're here to build righteous systems. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. The world refers to the world system. We're here to open prison doors. That's why we do the Justice Project. We're here to open prison doors. And this week, by the way, two people we released two more people from the Justice Project from prison this week. So we, we keep on advancing. Even sometimes without any noise, we're building quietly. The, the, we have the assignment of development. We have the assignment of building a fairer society. We have the assignment of increasing education, health. We want to organize society. Why? Because man is valuable. God created man. Man has value. So we want to build a fairer society. But don't forget that this is our first assignment is not to build righteous systems. What's our first assignment? Save the lost. I don't want you to mix up your priority. Our first assignment is to save the lost. That man created in the image and the likeness of God is lost. Cut off from the mercy of God cut off from the covenant of God, cut off from everything that righteousness looks like and the devil just wants to mess up that man continually. So we are here to save man. Say I am a salvation bringer. Say I will declare the good news of restoration wherever I go. May it be like, like I said that when we carry that light we go and men encounter the light through us in the name of Jesus Christ. That wherever we come, we come and get filled. That when we go out, we transform wherever we go. That's our job, to save the lost. To save the lost. That's why you live. Everything we're saying about Caleb and Othniel. Is about that. For, For Caleb and Othniel. Their own winning game. Was to get land. The land of promise for us. What's your land of promise? Your land of promise is what? It says souls. It says souls. May none of you arrive heaven empty. May none of you arrive heaven without touching someone. May none of you arrive in heaven without leading someone home. May you never be in a place where there is no one who will not call your name and say because of you I made heaven. May you be someone whose heart burns for souls. And maybe some of the brokenness in your life is because you are not alive to that responsibility. May none of us be people who have become so tepid so content with our spiritual life that we are no more burdened with souls. Our number one manifesto is to seek and to save the lost. We will seek out every broken man. We will set out every lost woman. We will stop the gates of hell and we will say in the name of the Lord turn back. You cannot go to hell. We stop you at the gates of hell. We release the life of God. We release the fullness of God's life in you. You will rise up in righteousness. The glory of God will be in you. His hand will be a rear guard for you. And in the strength of God, you will be a soul saver in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Receive the power to save souls. Receive the power to lead lead the lost back home. Some of you think evangelism is a lost cause. Honestly, God is waiting for you to preach. Say to someone, preach. preach. Ah. Say to someone else, preach. preach. Say to someone else, share. share. You are inside Uber. Share. Preach to someone now. Say, my brother. Number one assignment for you is to preach. Preach. Don't be scared of the people you are sitting next to. So I see some of you you are scared. Point at them, point. I can see you guys here. Now you're just holding body. Point at them and say your number one assignment is to preach. You preach, 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 share, share. Don't be shy. You give someone lift. The person is inside your car. You are still ashamed of sharing with them. Share. You are. Do you know? Sometimes the Holy Spirit stops me and says, Enter boss, and preach. I enter a bus and go and preach. Do you understand? Preach. Preach to the poor. Preach to the rich. There's a certain brother here. He walks around his neighborhood every Saturday and gathers all the security guards, all these young men, and preaches to them. I just love it. When he told me that ministry, I was so excited. There's a gospel waiting, not only at the lower level, but also at the upper echelons of society. People have learned how to block themselves from the gospel, but God will give you the ability to be a witness in the name of Jesus Christ. Our number one assignment in our manifesto is to preach. So let's go back to the message. You wonder, what does this have to do with Caleb and so Caleb is, a, is not a person anymore. Caleb is a spiritual icon that you can click on and uncover the whole idea of legacy, something being passed down. And Caleb and Othniel are reminders of many examples in the Bible. And I want us to look through two or three of these examples. Number one, David and Solomon. So let's read this together. Now, the days of David drew near... Read now. It's on this... I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore and prove yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to Keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies as is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. So to David, when he was about to die, he was also passing on the baton to his son Solomon. And what was he saying? I'm going the way of all flesh. Be strong. What does it take to take over? What does it take to be a territory taker? Strength. Say be strong. Be strong. And then number two, he says what? Prove yourself a man. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't break that down. It's just, it's just like when manhood is required, uh, be a man. When manhood, manhood is not a gender thing in the spirit. Manhood is something that all the sons and daughters of God must have. Manhood is the inner pluck to turn away from something. Manhood is the ability to commit to death what should die manhood is the ability to raise discipline, what should be disciplined, manhood is the ability to circumcise what should be circumcised manhood is the ability to remove gangrene from somebody's body manhood is the ability to know that cancer is eating somebody's leg so you must, be, you must what? chop off that leg to preserve the whole body, yes Courageous action is equipped, is tied to manhood. Do you guys understand? So, manhood is something that we all need. Say, I need manhood. I think there's this whole blaming of manhood and toxic masculinity that is making us to reject manhood. No, manhood is good. Somebody gave an example. I was watching this on social media. You see how we've been blaming men for this and that and that and that, right? So war broke out in Ukraine. All the women are allowed to leave the country. All men 16 years and above to 65 are not allowed to leave. They were automatically what? Conscribed into the army to fight. So where is feminist at this time? what men, you know, want position that men have. Do you understand? Yeah. We are not equal. Men and women are not equal. And I'm not saying this as an anti-gender thing. I'm not trying to be politically correct today. You need manhood to build some things. Of course you need femininity. And no matter how many a man tries, he cannot be perfectly feminine. He cannot. Imagine if I break my finger and shake my bum bum a little bit and and raise and castrate myself. I think I become a woman. Are you kidding? You're still not. A man can never be a woman. We need women. One of the things any man wants to marry is a woman. A real man wants to marry a real woman. Can I describe a real woman without sounding vulgar? Why are we losing the essence of femininity which a man can never ascribe to have? We are different. We are different in design. And there's a place for manhood where you rise up and defend and build bulwark to protect and stand up and fight for your children fight for your family. Fight for your wife. Fight to protect the entity that God has given you. Manhood is required in this hour. This is the hour for men to rise up and be men. May God give the guys in this church strength to rise up in manhood in the name of Jesus Christ. May you realize that there is a calling upon your life as a man to build, to raise the wall of protection. May you know that God has specially given you strength to design something extraordinary in the name of Jesus Christ. Prove yourself a man. Uh, this took me out. I just, I just went up on it. So, let's go back to the message. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Moses and Joshua. Let's read this together. One, two, go, church. On top of your voice. After the death of Moses. Stop. That's what I want you to do. Let's, let's receive. Do you know if you don't open your mouth and read the word of God, you're not receiving it okay receive this word receive it guys receive it why are you holding back why are you pushing back why are you forming guys okay let's read this one two, go after the death of moses the servant of the lord it came to pass that the lord spoke to joshua the son of nun Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon. I have given you as I said to Moses, we like the place where he says everywhere the sole of our feet has treaded. He will give to us we like that but we don't like the place where he says Moses has died. Moses has to die. Moses has to what die for Joshua to emerge and don't forget Joshua also died. Do you guys understand there has to be transition, there has to be a passing of pattern. It cannot stay the same forever. And the man of God died. The God said, if I love a man, I speak to him in dreams and visions and in dark sayings. But with Moses my servant, it was not like that. I spoke to him face to face. As a man speaks to his friend, we read in the, in, the, in the book of Exodus how Moses will enter the tent of meeting. Moses built a tent outside the camp and every time Moses entered the tent, guess what happened? The glory cloud came down and God began to commune with Moses and all Israel stood by their door bowing down and worshiped. Like that's wild, that's wild. That's a whole new level of relationship with God. How Moses was like with God, he wasn't even in the New Testament, he was a man who lived long time ago, and he had spiritual spiritual encounters of the atmosphere of God, but but he died. He died. You are not going to finish the assignment alone, no matter how strong you are. Who are you mentoring? Who are you building? Who are you pouring into? Hallelujah. Finally, Paul and timothy i'm going to show a video right after this but let's read this one together let no one despise your youth but be an example to the believers in word in conduct in love in spirit in faith in purity till i come give attention to reading to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the eldership. Hallelujah. Amen. So here are the qualities of a new leader. You understand? It's a quality of the new leaders. Number one, love. Number two, strength. Number three, being an example number four within stir up the gift don't accept mediocre number five bold bold and courageous this this is if you are young this is actually what you should be if you are young this is what you should be if you know that you are young and God is bringing leadership to you you need this because God is passing the batons. And that's the word that brought me to this scripture. God is passing batons. Say amen. amen. God is passing authority. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And, and Paul was beheaded as he handed over the mandate to Timothy. He had done his journey and paid his own price in being alive to carry the journey and the goodness of God in his generation. So, also, we in our own time have to be aware that this is what delights the heart of God for you to carry the fullness of Christ and to leave him out in your life. The whole story of Caleb and Othniel is of a man who grew up just like everybody else. At a time when the whole nation was upside down, Caleb and Joshua came together and brought a good report. And they conquered lands and conquered territories and opened up spaces and created an inheritance that everybody could call home in the midst of hostile territory. That was the man, Caleb. And not only that, he was able to find in his generation a young man, Othniel. And Othniel began to work with the family of Caleb. Othniel married Aksa. And Othniel and Aksa became the model of the new building block for the family of Israel. There is a new building block happening right around the corner. Sometimes we don't, we have to realize who we are. We are the new building blocks of God. You are the new. You are the ones God has been waiting for. Do not keep expecting another. Now is, the button is in your hands. Some of you, we don't realize that we are no more the old order. And that, they, and that the responsibility of moving the assignment of God forward is no more with our parents. It's now with you. You are the new. Say, I am the new. Caleb was already old and one in years. But he found in his son-in-law the newness that he wants to bring about. You are the new. You are the new. And you will win if you understand how to receive from the elders. If you understand how to receive from the fathers, you will receive their gain. Do you understand? Sometimes we always feel like we can't receive from the elders. Why? Because Let's be honest. Some of our parents are toxic. Some of our leaders are difficult. Many of our parents' generation, they never know how to apologize. They they never say they are sorry for anything. And sometimes we ourselves, we don't admit that we're impossible protégés. Nobody can lead you anywhere. They know they talk, you know they hear what, if they talk one, you talk 20 They can't show you anything. Have you met those stars who can sing the heavens down but they just have one note that is always wrong. They always have one thing that someone, you can just easily turn it and they will become perfect. But because they are so good in other areas, you can't teach them anything. Have you met those spiritual people who can pray, pray down the whole house, but they have one funny character, and all it just takes is for them to be willing enough for someone to just turn the key on that little character that is wrong, but they don't hear, they don't hear, they don't hear at all. Sorry, I don't know whether my pidgin English works sometimes. The truth is that we live in a time of generational culture shifts. And God is the one, like I preached the other time, I talked about God designing the ideology of future generations. So sometimes we think, oh, from our parents, we as parents, like I am entering the parent's side now. Yeah, I'm in the parent's side. <laughs> you know, when, when your second daughter is about to graduate from high school, you start feeling parentish. Daddy,. Uh-huh. So <laughs> So I'm in the parent side now. Uh. And parenthood is not about the number of children you have. It's actually about what kind of fatherhood you begin to express. Some of you, your nieces and your nephews, already look up to you as their mom. Do you understand? You are a parent already. Do you understand? And the language of generations is different. Every generation speaks a language. In the days of my father, there was only... F- I don't know how many telephones there were in the whole of Nigeria. 50,000 phone lines in the whole of Nigeria. Promoted by Nitel, And you used to... You, there's that round turntable used to you used to turn... Yeah, I didn't have the picture. I don't have the pictures. In the days of my father, it was very, very different. So, so when my dad died, none of us knew how old he was because his parents were not educated. All they said was that there was one war that our village fought with another village. It was the time when they were coming back from the farm during that war that my grandmother ran and her water broke. So we're now trying to find out what year was the war. So we just estimated that my dad's years is 69 to 70, 71 when he died. But we never really knew. So one day I went into my dad's diary and I saw that he had written all our dates of birth. Inside an old diary, like a rustic book, you know, like a book of secret, you know, like this kind of Jumanji kind of book. He <laughs> yeah, had written all our dates: Moses, 29th of May; Emmanuel, so-so date. You understand? I wrote all our dates of birth. I, the last, the last edition I can remember was 1979 for Ebenezer. I don't think John had been born then, but I saw this book. And I was, like, wondering, like, who, how can you forget dates of, uh, like, my children's birth dates, we, di- we don't have it written anywhere. They, they won't even let you forget their birthday. It's <laughs> so, like, when I mix up, because they are t- I, all my, three of my daughters, their birthdays between June and May, so I always mix up who is what, and they, and they don't find it funny at all. <laughs> I don't find it funny at all. Like, what kind of dad forgets? <laughs> he wrote, my dad had to write the dates in a paper diary. My children have never owned a paper diary before. So their first writing device, writing is on a device. On issue of writing alone, you see how generations are different. So to my dad, writing was a great thing. To me, it doesn't matter. To my kids, they've never even seen a paper diary. Not that they haven't seen. You know, they still exist. But, you know, they don't write anything on paper. Apart from school, work, everything, Systems. God is used to this generation. Sometimes we feel like this generation has lost it and there will be no believers in this generation and that, and that they will never be able to interpret Christianity in their time. Sometimes we feel like because of the Hellenistic ideas on TikTok that this generation will not get it right. But can I tell you something? We are a winning generation. Say amen. Amen. Say, I am a winning generation. generation. And when the die is cast, when finally we lay down our lives, it will be because we fought and we won in the name of Jesus Christ. What do we get from our parents? Sometimes your parents may not be perfect but they have something you need. Our mothers may not be perfect, but they have something you need. Our fathers may not be 100% accurate in everything, but they have something you need. So you need wisdom to be able to take the good and throw away the bad. So here is the thing. So from, the, from your mothers, take that nobility Take that femininity from the fathers. Take the wise counsel and the discipline from your leaders. Look for the leaders that show self-government. Look for the leaders that show sacrifice, that show how they serve. From, From pioneers, look for their innovation. Look at their ability to create new things and copy them focus on how some people have state power and they bet some things. Do you understand? For for kings and queens, look for the kings that can maintain their estate, that show cohesion, that are able to bring about history in such a way that it makes sense. In the last five years, the Holy Spirit started to speak to me and say to me, it's time for generational transfer. And the Holy Spirit has been sending me people who are supposed to step into leadership over their family's estate, over over the thrones of their parents, over the lands of their moms, over the, over the wealth of their family. And I begin to see the stewarding, what the devil wants to do is to break the generations apart so that everything your parents have worked for will be what? Wasted. And there may be some people who are going to watch this online or who are listening right now who should know that your father's estate is not going to be wasted because you are alive. Ah, the amen is too weak. This is the time for transfer. Your parents, is not about dying or going to collect their inheritance from them. This is the time for transfer. This is the time for you to prepare, to receive. This message may not be for everyone, but if you look here, not only money and land, the elders have something that you need. Your parents may be not born again, but they have something you need. I saw my dad sitting with his father. My dad is a pastor. His father he used to do juju from time to time. So my dad came into my grandfather's house one day and saw some small juju things, and he said to him, like, what are you doing? He said, Michael, Michael, I'm not a juju worshiper. I do these things so that my yams can be bigger than other people's yams. (laughs) I I have the craziest stories. My dad would sit with his father. He led him to Christ. But he only led him to Christ because he could listen. He could drink from his hands. With love, he led that man to Christ. How evil are your parents? My my grandmother, my father said, was also, she had twins. And when she had those twins, the twins died at childbirth. And she was grieving for those twins until she became very old. When I went to her house, I saw two small pots by the side of her house. And I asked her what those pots were. And she said that those pots is for feeding her twins. So she eats every day and leaves a little for her dead twins but my dad carried this same woman until she died in Christ. It's not about the perfection of your parents. It's about what they live in for you. This message is a message that you, some of you need to go back and listen to again. I know your parents have something. Our mothers knew something. Our fathers knew something. Please take the good and jettison the evil. The story of Caleb and Othniel is for you to recognize that you are the Othniel. But now is your time to transform the journey of your work with God as you build back the tower of newness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the ability. Receive the transfer. Receive the baton. That you will run in your own time. That you will not make the mistakes of your fathers. That you will not make the mistakes of your mothers. That in the name of Jesus Christ. That which you build will be amazing. It will be perfect in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the strength receive the ability, receive the grace in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the time for the button to exchange hands. This is the time for the burdens to be carried onto their children. This is the time for the exchange. The exchange is happening right now the exchange is happening you are receiving the deposits that god god is, doesn't make mistakes there's a reason why he sent you to the family he sent you i don't know how hard how bad your parents have been towards you but god is calling for a reconciliation this morning god is calling for a restoration of families god is calling for a restoration of families in the name of jesus christ god is calling for redemption In the name of Jesus Christ. God is calling for restoration. In the name of Jesus Christ. I see families reunited. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I will end by saying this. When the devil wants to set set, scatter you. What he does is to isolate you. From three different areas or four different areas, devil isolate you. One area is from your family members. Family members, the devil isolate you from your family members. Okay. So you will now be alone by yourself. Then false religion will take over from you. You guys understand? So I've had people who have gotten out of cults. Do you understand? Not one, not two. I've gotten them out of spiritual cults. Okay? And part of the strategy of the cult leaders is to cut those people off from their family. So, there's a cult in Ikeja. I won't call the name, that's how far I will say. When I got that lady out of that cult, The one thing the Holy Spirit told me is make sure she goes home to her family because she was literally 1920 when the cult took her and married her off to one of the guys in the cult. So she was in the cult and they got married in the cult and just went off. And they started doing, they started having babies and all of that. That man was so spiritual that whenever they were making love in their house, the man was extracting value, was doing witchcraft, even with their sex in their marital bed. That man was poisoning their journey in life in every step. And so long as she was there, she was trying to attempting suicide over and over and over again. And the man told them that they were the chosen ones in God, and that the whole world would hate them. Even their whole families told them to block their own bad parents, your parents who sent you to school, all the way to master's level, you should block them. And this new man is now your father. The pastor is not a daddy. Do you guys understand? A pastor is not a daddy. I'm not saying you're not a father in the Lord, but that daddy thing made everybody was having sex with all the members of the church. Cult. And they were saying, oh, we have Holy Ghost experience and Holy Holy Ghost encounters with God. Once she could go home, that curse was broken. Go home. Some of you here, this is a very heavy message. It looks scattered, but I know what the Holy Spirit is doing. Go home. Some of you have a broken relationship with your parents, go home. I cause your eyes to be opened in the spirit. Go home. No one can love you like your flesh and blood. Go home. Go home. Go home. Caleb, Found in Othniel a man he could pass inheritance to. Once the devil wants you to make spiritual mistakes, you will hop from place to place. Like a wanderer, like Esau, who was called the vagabond, where the spirit of the vagabond walked in him, and he was all around spiritual experiences. One man of God after another man of God, you're calling them daddy and this, and they steal from you what God wants to build in your life. Go home. Go home. Go home. Go home and let there be a restoration. Let your eyes open to the beauty of God, to the love of the church, to the love of family. The good in the eyes of broken men to the normal sea of brothers and sisters. Go home so that the hurt you feel from your brothers and your sisters who offended you can be wiped out. Go home so that your hands can be clean and you can offer to God a real offering. May you be an oath, God's lion in your time. May you be an nail, God's lion in your time. May you be an Othniel, God's lion in your time. May it be your turn to, to raise up the standard of God and to raise broken men in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to this message from The Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.EcclesiaHills.org
2: or email us at LO at